Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about our biggest mistakes earlier in our career. We all go around the room and talk about that. Pretty cool. Um, we talk about, what was the second one again? Oh, JoJo. Oh, the future of physical therapy assistance in our profession. And last, we answer a question about strengthening the psoas in somebody with hip impingement. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here with another great episode answering a bunch of your awesome questions. Keep them coming. Questions are amazing. Go to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and be sure to ask us some questions over there. Subscribe, review us on iTunes, all that stuff would be fantastic. So I'm here up at Champion in Boston. i got Lenny McCrina, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, JoJo Coplo. Dang, from Stony Brook University, JoJo is going to rock these questions today. I feel like this is going to be the episode where you peak. Breakout performance. Can you this is questions with a Boston accent. Yeah. Oscar <laughs> nomination coming up. I, I, I like that. <laughs> JoJo, take it away. All right. Ed from South Africa. Hello, Mike and team. Like many physios starting out, I'm always trying to get as much wisdom and knowledge from the senior therapist as possible. Can you and your team tell us what would be the one mistake you guys individually made in your career as young therapists and what you would have done instead? Love it. That's it. I like that question. All right, round the, round the horn. Dan, you want to go first? I guess... Um, what was your biggest mistake? Maybe being a little bit too closed-minded is because most universities, I think, uh, give you some biases as far as what works best for certain types of treatments. So I kind of went into uh, my first clinical experience with uh, wanting to treat a specific way, which way I thought was most correct or true. And uh, I think universities prepare you well, but I think because of that, I missed some some pretty good advice from some other therapists that maybe weren't quite as evidence-based just because they hammer home the evidence-based thing so much. It's important, but there's a lot of other techniques out there I think are pretty good. You can learn from the experience of others. Um, they're outside of the, the box a bit, and I think I was a little bit off to that just because of my own biases. So being too strict with your own biases. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you went back to PT school almost like as an adult, right? You were already in the working field. You yeah. know, so you've, you've already established some thoughts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's interesting. But, again, underscores the need to just continue to have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Dave, what about you, man? Uh, mine is hands down exchanging, uh, I guess, my first job, my location, and kind of some financial perks for not having a good mentor. I think my clinic that I previously worked at, um, I enjoyed being there. It was... <laughs> not really. might be watching. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, the other... A place that I worked at. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that it was, it was close to my house and I had a really good setup to start out with and I think I kind of breezed over some of the details about mentorship and an opportunity to learn and kind of keep you know growing as much as I could and I think that a year or two in I was uh, frustrated by that and so I always tell people that when they ask me you know how do I find a first job I say really investigate the continuing education opportunities and the mentorship about you know are you going to get time to 
learn from people and, and kind of hear what they have to say. Yeah, and, and I, would, I would say not a knock towards his past place, obviously. It's just that there's many places where it's either too busy or, uh, you know, the, the, the scope of therapists there just aren't dedicated to learning or something like that. So it's about being in an environment where everybody wants to learn and grow together. And I, heck, we're talking all day about yeah. stuff. I mean, we've all been doing this a long time. And, uh, I mean, we, 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 we talk every day about doing new stuff. So I like that. So your biggest mistake, I like it, is just not, not starting your career off in the most learning environment. I like that. Good. Leonard? This is a tough one, but <coughs> I've just done some soul searching. Whoa. Yeah. And I feel like um, when we were both at, in Birmingham at Health South initially and then Champion Sports Medicine, they had a separate spine department. And so I never had to treat a spine patient probably the first 10 years of my career, more or less. Um, so... You know, when the opportunity came, when a spine patient was on my schedule, I would just quickly defer back to the spine department and just, you know, it's oftentimes punt. So I never really dove into the world of, of spine until probably the past four or five years, and um, I was a little overwhelmed. And because um, I'm, I'm an extremity guy, I'm a post-op, I'm an extremity guy, knee, shoulders, elbows. That's my comfort zone. So when you're out of your comfort zone. You know, you, you freak out a little. So I think spine, um, or lack of spine treatment for my first 10 years of my career was definitely an issue. And then I learned that it's not as difficult as people try to make it out to be. So, yeah. you know, keep it simple. I, I, I did the same thing. I, I would say my biggest mistake, though, again, was just similar to Lenny in there. We were high, high-paced uh, outpatient orthopedic post-op, stuff like that. I'd say it was just not doing enough manual therapy early on. I always yeah. kind of say that. Uh, you know, it was more uh, biomechanical, joint stuff. Stuff, um, you know, range of motion, exercise based, which by the way was super successful. Yeah. You know, we had fantastic outcomes, but I, I think my outcomes are even better with manual therapy. So, you know, and when I say manual therapy, more soft tissue based manual therapy. So, um, you know, I, I think that would probably be what I would consider my biggest mistake was, was not getting into that earlier. Now that's, I mean, every person we have gets some form of soft tissue, I think, in, in everything. It's super beneficial for, for so many reasons. So, I would say that would be my biggest mistake so that was a good question nice jojo jeremy from arkansas i'm just about to graduate from a physical therapy assistant program and i want to get your opinion on the future of the pta in the world of rehab after graduation and some experience i hope to become a csps as well as grab some manual certifications and maybe cscs In my mind, this will make me valuable as a PTA, considering it takes a bachelor's degree to get certain certs, which I have. However, I worry about the validity of the position long term and was wondering if you saw the PTA position become more or less less valuable as the field evolves. Should I consider doing another two to three years in a bridge program, getting into loads of debt, and to be honest, hate my life for a few more years? (laughs) Or should I make this plan work because things are going to be okay? Tell me they're going to be okay. Thank you and love the show. That was a nice long question. I like that. So, you know, physical therapy assistant, you got to plan to get some certifications. You use the word value a lot. And I think value is an interesting term because of value to your employer, value to your, as a PTA, to your physical therapist, value to your patients, I think is, is different than financial, right? So like what somebody means to you in terms of like how, how they value working with you versus how much they're willing to pay you, I think are two different things. The great thing about the PTA profession is that it's respected by insurance companies. So insurance companies re- 
reimburse for for PTA services. So I would say I'd be shocked if anything negative happens to the profession because it's actually a way for us to, as physical therapists, to to work with more people as insurance reimbursement rates go down. That doesn't mean that's necessarily what you want to do, but I think the PTA profession is 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 I don't I don't sure see it going anywhere. Do you guys? I mean, or nor have I heard anything negative about that. I th- yeah. think it's a well-respected field and a super valuable kind of thing. Now, you talk about a lot of certifications, right? We talk about certifications a lot on the podcast. You know, so will that make you valuable? Yes. Will that make you earn more money? No. Right? So would I rather hire a PTA that's also a CSCS? Probably, right? But I probably wouldn't pay you more because you have that CSCS, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it depends on what you're trying to get into and, you know, your, your the goals of your career. Um, you mentioned going back to school for being to be a PT, I think. I, I heard in the question. Um, but he doesn't want to. But doesn't want to. I would be for that. Um, I know you hit more debt and everything, but I think long term, you're investing in yourself short term to then get this long term, hopefully, return on your investment. And I'm all about that. So maybe taking a good point. You know, taking a uh, small leap of faith and knowing that you know when you graduate in two three years, whatever it is, and you have most of your credits probably already and, and the experience. You should fly through PT school in theory. Um, Right. To me, in 5, 10, 15 years, you're going to laugh thinking, huh, I took a little bit more debt out, but look at me now. So, right. you know, I think it's going to ease your mind a little, even yeah. though you may hate yourself short term, <laughs> Your CSCS isn't going to probably make you more money unless you become a strength coach <laughs> right. or a personal trainer and a PTA. But that's two positions, right? You might you can, can do anything. Um, but going on a PT will. So open up Excel, make a little spreadsheet, and do your little ROI on your investment right there. But that's simply what it comes down to. What's a PTA make? I don't two thirds, two thirds of what a PT makes, maybe a half. I don't know. Let, let's let's do easy math and say two thirds go on the air of conservative right there. You know how many years is it going to take you to break even from all that debt? And then that's great, but your whole second half of your life you'll be making more money. So again, you know, are you going to be more valuable to your patients with a CSCS? Absolutely, but you won't be rewarded for it financially. But I respect you wanting to do that and be the best PTA you can be. I love that. That's great. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Jojo. Barry from Newton, Massachusetts. Barry. I just drove, drove through Newton. You did? I did. To get what's up? What's up, Barry? Barry's a good friend of the show in real life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's up, Barry? <laughs> Is there any way we can go about keeping a client so strong and uninhibited when FAI is not allowing 90 degrees of hip flexion without pain? There just isn't a slot without a painful pinch. Even though the client has been working hard limiting anterior tilt and accentuating the joint for some time, I'm concerned that in time, uh, in the long term, with psoas turned off, he'll be destined for low back pain. Psoas? You say psoas? Psoas. So we're looking for ways to keep somebody strong when they have an impinging. Yeah. So yeah. So and we can't. And as Barry said, Barry's uh, you know a good strength coach, personal trainer in our area that we know of. You know, so we know he understands functional movement and stuff like that. So what he's saying is it still pinches even though he's trying to alter their squat patterns or whatever it may be, and they're still pinching. So he's worried about psoas strength. So what do you guys think? You guys deal with this a ton. Yeah. So I would say um, if the individual is dealing with low back pain, I think it might be a little different situation. I, my concern is if someone has a bad enough, let's say, cam deformity, they're going to be really limited with range of motion, and pushing that may cause more problems over time. 
Uh, we talk about this all the time just because we see so many CrossFit athletes are trying to squat very deep. Um, and I think sometimes just the hip anatomy is not necessarily going to allow that. So I don't know if it's necessarily a matter of just trying to keep someone strong that's going to keep them out of pain. It's finding the right movements that work well for them. Yeah. I think that's what Barrett's saying. He couldn't, he's not finding a slot that doesn't pinch. So he's concerned, how do I keep psoas strong? Psoas specifically. Psoas. 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 <laughs> specifically. Yeah. I guess my thought is that people maybe think that there's something wrong in the front of their hip. So they're thinking maybe it's a psoas problem. When I don't really think it is a psoas problem, they're probably just chasing movements that don't feel great. You know what I mean? That's my thought specifically. Right. I don't know that training the psoas is going to get that person out of pain or move better. Right. So I would say that for some individuals, they just need to change the way they move, probably permanently because of the way their hip is shaped. And if they chase certain positions over time, it's probably going to be very challenging for them to stay pain-free and healthy. Right. That's my own thought. Okay. I think for this, I think maybe Barry... Maybe um, if it's a little beyond what you're able to fix right now, maybe you send them to a PT. That's, good. That's a good point. Champion PT <laughs> in Massachusetts. Yeah. And hang out with us, and maybe we can try to put up, come up with a game plan. Maybe send it to Dave, Dan, well, or whatever. And, and maybe they have joint restrictions. Maybe, maybe they yeah, have something. I mean, yeah, That's my thought. I think that some people, like Dan said, are forcing a deep squat, and either their hip anatomy doesn't allow but. You know, in reading a lot of current research on what we think is happening at FAI, man, there's a ton of stuff in that small little space, just like the shoulder. You know, there's just so much stuff in the small little space that can get aggravated, and the hip is showing itself to be just like that. You have a lot of capsular tissue, ligament tissue, you know, a lot of strong muscles attached to the pubic symphysis, and sometimes people are feeling so as referred pain, but it could be something completely different, and if you don't have the skills to really break things down, I think we can sometimes be, you know, putting a triangle in a round hole, so to speak, and it yeah. kind of aggravates things. Yeah, I don't know how much I... I um I don't know if I'd be worried about maintaining psoas training. I don't think psoas is a very efficient hip flexor anyway. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not a primary hip flexor type thing. So, you know, I, I, the only other thing I'd say, I'd probably say work on the other roles of the psoas anyway, which is probably more lumbar stabilization during other things, which I'm sure you're doing. So I'd say probably not worry about it. But one other thing I thought of, which was just kind of interesting here, is sometimes we talk about if you're in a lot of anterior pelvic tilt. So if zero or neutral tilt is zero, right, and you bring your hip up to nine. 90 degrees right at zero you're at 90 degrees but if your hip is anteriorly tilted a ton and let's just use safe numbers and say 45 degrees of an anterior tilt then if you lift your leg up to 45 degrees that's the same as 90 degrees for somebody that's neutral so you might be going too deep into the knee flexion or knee uh, hip flexion of knee to chest type movement if they're so if they're starting anteriorly tilted then you realize they're already starting in hip flexion when they're just standing there so going up you might just be going way too far, but I don't know. Off your, no, off your point too, it could be a squat variation that, like Dan said, is not great for you. If you're someone who's back squatting or has some sort of a, a backloaded squat, that might really promote a lot of extension-based stress and go interior. If you can gobble squat or double kettlebell front squat that person, and they can get a lot of tilting out of that because it's anteriorly guided. Sometimes you free up quite a bit more space. Yeah, so so do that. Work on work on the functional role of the psoas for stability, right? And just you know, and work around it. And I think you'll be fine. I don't think you're gonna that person's gonna get psoas weakness because they're not doing that, right? Is that three? Nailed it. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. We appreciate another awesome episode. Again, go to MikeRound.com, click on that podcast link so you can ask us great questions. We get a form you can fill out there. Go to iTunes and subscribe. And uh, what's the other thing they need to do? Um, review. Subscribe and review it. I'm supposed to say that every episode. Uh, subscribe and renew it. And uh, we'll see you guys. Or review. Not renew. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. 
If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.